When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. It's talking real money time. Hi, I'm Don McDonald. That guy. See, I see him down there, but you're going to see him over there. That guy who's hanging out on one side of the screen or the other and now is full screen because I edited it that way is Thomas Seacock, recently of... uh, Playa del Carmen, Mexico. What what Carmen, Mexico were you in? It was Playa? you had it right. You had it right. Playa del Carmen, beautiful Did place. Did I have Car- I had it right? Yeah. Yeah, I tell you it's a little shocking though when you depart at 83 degrees and you get off the uh the plane and it is 36. So, wow, big change there. Yeah. But great yeah. time, great visit yeah. with the family. Tom got back to Seattle, got back Woo. on the plane and said just take me back. Please, just <laughs> take me back. Exactly. Take me back. They were they were nice there. Uh, and it was warm and, uh, I, I like Mexico. Please let mm-hmm. me have Mexico mm-hmm. and everybody there speaks English. Anyway, you don't have to speak Spanish. Touche. Although every time I go, I try so hard to practice my Spanish and nobody will do it with me because they want to practice their English. <laughs> is that fair? I have about three words I practice and there it yeah. ends. Yeah. It's like, uh, agua, por favor. Yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else? What else? You, you, you do. You do. Uh, gracias. Uh, gracias. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. You were okay. You were there close to Christmas yeah. too. Yeah. There you go. I <laughs> feel better now. Yeah. Do, do you do you say por favor? <laughs> oh no, not so much. Thing? Mucho no? bueno. How about that? Mucho bueno. Is that good? All right. What, what do you say when yeah. you say goodbye to somebody? No, Riverderci. I always forget between that and Italian. It's close. <laughs> Italian. Okay. It's not even close. Oh, okay. I got it. Buenas noches. I, I hope they're not. In, I hope they're not. I hope they're not insulted when I say that. <laughs> no wonder they threw me out of there. Oh, Good for them. And you're a Puerto Rican descent. I know. You're a I know. Puerto Rican descent. I should but know better. Didn't your but... grandmother? It was your grandmother, right? My grandfather. Actually. Grandfather. Didn't they mm-hmm. force a little Spanish on you? No. No, they did not. not. All righty. Hey, everybody. Hi, Don, Tom, talking real money, not real Spanish or real Mexico (laughs) or real Feliz Navidad. We're talking real money. And so today we want to talk a a little bit about Vanguard. We like Vanguard. We love Vanguard. We used to really love Vanguard. Matter of fact, way back in the day when I had my real life national radio show the folks at vanguard said that my show sent them literally they could account for it billions of dollars and i got that much back because he's holding up a zero by the way for those oh yeah that's for those of you in the radio that's our podcast that's a zero Zero. uh that that's 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 vanguard they're cheap and uh we've also received a ton of calls a ton of calls recently about the dramatic decline in Vanguard's customer service. So apparently, it's not just you. Uh, it is an issue 
It's not Bogle's Vanguard anymore, as John Reckenthaler of Morningstar recently explained. Yeah, and he's a writer I think you can trust. He's a journalist who's been around a long time. Um, we certainly have followed his work. And, and, and the piece is interesting. Of course, stepping back, companies change, right? Ford Motor isn't what Henry Ford had probably in mind either. I mean, things change, right? Businesses have to adapt. They do different things. But he, he does point out a few things I think are worth discussing. You mentioned the customer service aspect on. We could talk about that in a minute, which I think is an important one for anyone who wants to have a, an investment account anywhere to think about, because that is important. And by the way, in the article, Reckenthaler points out that he asked a friend who had joined Vanguard what she thought of her new employer, and she replied, the place is very efficient, but I wouldn't call it fun. And, you know, I mean, having read Robin Wigglesworth's book about uh, our friend John Bogle, I wouldn't call him fun either. He was a pretty serious guy. He was up against the industry. And, you know, you could kind of see he had that chip on his shoulder. He was going to beat people. That's just who he was. And even at the end, when it didn't work out so well for him and his uh, the, the man who took over for him, whose names I'm now forgetting. Um, the, the, anyway, the, well, the point of the matter is. And he, he named it Vanguard because basically correct. he was going to run it in a military tight ship yep. fashion. I think that was John very much. Again, you can read the book. Uh, very well worth reading Robin's book. But the article goes Called into trillions. Just trillions. Thank you. The, the the trouble they they talk about the fact that uh, Vanguard is not the only one out there providing the service that they were known for. Right? You've got BlackRock, State Street, Fidelity Schwab. A lot of people now have very inexpensive index funds. Right? So Vanguard has decided, and here's where the trouble I think is. To do some other things. For example, Vanguard is launching, and I still personally cannot even believe this, a private equity fund, private equity, mutual fund, and exchange traded fund, where you, because these are assets you could not invest in otherwise, right? Unless you had a lot of money, get to invest in companies that are the up and comers, right? That may go public, may, well, they might stay private, they may go big. And it smacks of opportunism. It smacks of anything for a dollar, and to steal your phrase, Don. Anything um, for a buck. Anything for a buck, and it it's the Larry Daryl and Daryl syndrome. I'm Larry. Please explain. You don't know Larry Daryl and Daryl. I from, don't from the New Hartshire. I'm Larry. Uh, 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 <clears throat> excuse me. No, it's Larry Daryl and Daryl. I got it wrong. I'm Larry. That's my brother Daryl. That's my other brother Daryl. And we'll do anything for a buck. Yeah. Well, it does. And and John Bogle, uh, John Bogle would have he would have hated that idea. Um, and then they also it's now been six years. They launched their personal advisor services, where for thirty basis points a year, they uh, will manage your money. Um, so, but let's pull these apart sort of one at a time. First of all, private equity fund, Good. I think is an outrage, and I don't think it's something that Vanguard should be involved in. Period. I, I again, I think it's simply a way for them to get some more attention and be part of the cool kids class. No, it's pandering. They're pandering to their audience. They're pandering to the investing public. They're saying, well, you want it? We'll give it to you. Sure. You want private equity? All the cool kids are doing it. We'll be. We'll let you be one of the cool kids, too. You don't have to be a stodgy old Vanguardian. Ooh. Vanguardian. They're also, of course, the Vanguardians of, of the galaxy. They're going to be part of the. Uh, it's a new Marvel uh, thing. The, the the people in this business who are going to offer a thing called direct indexing, which oh, they're going to tell another you another dumb idea. Yeah, you're going to be able to pick your own stocks for the index because 
you really don't like the aerospace industry. You think that's a bad one. So I don't want to own Boeing. And when it comes to software, we, everybody knows it's going to be Apple over Microsoft. So you're going to be picking those. To, I think it's a bad idea. Okay. But private equity fund, I think you should put a line through that one. No reason to do it. No reason to own it. The personal advisor services. Now, this is something that I struggled with. Don knows this mm-hmm. because it puts us in competition with Vanguard, which mm-hmm. we use some of their funds, right? But now I've got Vanguard as a competitor, if you will, for managing the funds. Vanguard only provided funds before, not the management of them. For those of you who don't know, because we really don't promote our advisory business very often, despite reviews to the contrary, um, we we are, in addition to being hosts of this show, Tom and I run an investment advisory business. Yeah. Through a company called Vestry by Appella. uh, But we try not to make that an integral part of the show. But the reality is we provided we provide investment advice to people for a fee. Vanguard does the same thing. And we did have a moment or two when we were very concerned about that. We were. And, and they've already picked up about $250 billion into that. No surprise. But again, the reviews there, they call it the Vanguard Personal Advisor Service. From what we're hearing, it's not very personal, right? It's a cookie cutter kind of portfolio. Every once in a while, I review, but an advisor should be personal. They should know about you. The per- they should be all those things in your life if they're a good advisor. So the reviews are somewhat negative there. But then to this other issue about customer service, this comes up from time to time. People write us and say, hey, you guys say use Vanguard, which to our bad, Don, we have over the years just said, go own these Vanguard funds. Yeah, we now yeah. tell you, you could go to Fidelity, you could go to Schwab because they have similar products, but we've kind of lazily, if you will, just said, use Vanguard. So every once in a while, somebody, I ran into somebody who just knows and said, you're the Vanguard guys, right? Well, not really, but you do okay by doing that. So yes, they've gotten some blows here the last few years about customer service, about you call them, you're on hold a long time. By the way, in the article, it points out that they used to say, we always answered our phone in three rings, kind of interesting business philosophy, but that is not apparently the case anymore. But I will say this in their defense. If you're calling a mutual fund company and you need help or even a custodian, they're not built for that. They're built mm. for electronically. You do it going online, dealing with things there. You're unlikely to get the help you need. I'll give you another example. So when I was in Mexico trying to deal with a situation with Delta Airlines, I called them and they said, you will now be on hold for 51 minutes. I didn't want to be on hold, but I had to deal with the problem. I mean, and that's what you're really up against. I think probably with any of the major custodians, that's my guess. And by the way, if you hire us, a little self-promotion, you simply call us. You got a problem at Schwab. We deal with Schwab. We have our own service team that takes care of that. So you don't have to, but customer service has been an issue. I suspect it will always, because I think they're always chasing, growing the staff. And remember, they have a lot of products there that they need to support. Well, and I also think that person to person, as much as those of us who are older uh, grew up with nothing but on the phone customer service, and I remember, I mean, I, I can still to this day tell you Vanguard's eight hundred number from saying it all the time on the radio because I couldn't send them, to, couldn't send you to Vanguard dot com in nineteen eighty eight. It was eight eight hundred six six two seven four four seven. I don't know how I still remember that number, but here's the thing. We, we got used to that, but we shouldn't because the, that whole world is changing. Yeah. Customer service of all kinds is involves long waits, fewer people, and a lot of overseas call centers, which 
no offense to the folks overseas, but they're far inferior to what you used to get here. And by the way, to Delta's, to praise Delta, they did answer in 46 minutes instead of the 51. So Well, there you go. Set those expectations low <laughs> and, and then, then exceed them. So I wouldn't necessarily throw out Vanguard if they were my custodian. If yeah. I'm using Vanguard products, I think they have some, we still use some of them in our portfolios. They got some pretty good products, low expense, good indexes. They do what they say they're going to do. Uh, but again, if I had to decide about a fund that has anything to do with private equity, absolutely not. And I probably be careful to hire them for their personal advisor services in that most of the work that I see when it comes to advisors is more personal than what they offer. I'll put it that way. And it's a choice we make as investors and it is a, it's a, it's a a conscious choice. We as investors can choose low, low, low fees. And that's great. It does make you more money. But low, low, low fees means lots, lots, lots more work for you, a lot more trouble for you. And you have to lower your expectations because fees have gotten so low. And I think this was mentioned in the Reckenthaler article. Fees have gotten so low that companies like Vanguard can't increase or even maintain some of the services they gave before. I mean, when you had a fund 20 years ago, that you thought was cheap at 30 basis points, and it's now, in essence, three or three? four basis points. Yeah, yeah. You're talking one-tenth the money coming in per share of the of the portfolio, per dollar of portfolio. So it's changing the way things work. So you have to change the way you think. If you want cheap, you work more. If you want help, you're going to have to pay more for it. It's trade-off. And I think for all of us, uh, the days of being able to call people and get really great customer service, unless it's a small business, they're probably gone. Oh, please don't tell my sorry. wife that. I'm, She's, I'm sorry. She hates that. She hates I, it. She hates, She does not do online the world customer is today. service well. It's where the world, then she yeah. gets on the phone and then she yells at me later because she got terrible service. <laughs> and I, I do not. I, for one, and, do not feel bad for that. You no, deserve a good yelling at. Come on. I do. I do. I do. <laughs> I do because you know I get all these people who say nice things about me on the show, except there for that one that one guy last week with the one star review. Oh. oh, I didn't know we had a one star last week. Oh, I mentioned it on Friday's podcast. Oh, I think. Um, one star for what? Well, no, that's all right. They didn't like the fact that we were an infomercial. Like we're an infomercial. No, we. How much did we just promote? Plugged, well, we did mention it you twice. You did do it today. You did, I did do, do it today. today. All right, you did. Good. You did. Cut so, that out. I'm gonna. Stay away from you. you tell Tom. The, Tom's the, the bad one, guy. You're the one star guy. Uh, hey, oh, we uh, we love getting your questions, and mm-hmm. you can call them in anytime at 855-935-TALK. Also, I mentioned, this is important, every Saturday from 3 to 5 Eastern Time, noon to 2 Pacific, we'll take your questions at that same number absolutely live, except for Christmas Day, 855-935-TALK. What? Or you can no send- live show on Christmas? No live show. What Mr. Scrooge, what's wrong? What what happened? It was Scrooge and Grinch got together, took the day, <laughs> gave it to families and things, okay. said no more Tom and Don. Right. I guess that's fair enough. What was I going to say? Oh, I have another You're question. You're going to ask questions, you, though, yeah. That okay, was sent go. in at talkingrealmoney.com. And holy cow, in the past week or so, we, we're just going to have to do like a thousand question podcast one of these days because we have so we will. many. Yeah. No, we won't. Okay thousand questions 900 you wouldn't wouldn't sit still you barely sit still for two 
It's like, go I got to go. I got to go. Can we get the question? All right, here we go. Yeah. Uh, does fund liquidity matter is the topic. Howdy, gentlemen. Thank you for sharing rational and nuanced, nuanced financial information at a time of mania and profiteering. Well, I like that. Congratulations on reaching 700 YouTube subscribers. We're at 733. <laughs> okay, is that, is the, that person mocking us? I am not answering no, this question then. No, no, she is okay. not mocking us. She seems no. very sincere. Come on. She's <sighs> from she's from College Station, Texas. She's oh, an Aggie. Okay. Isn't that Aggies? Uh, it is, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Texas she's an Aggie. Yep. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. I have a basic question about fund liquidity. Yes. Are funds with relatively small assets under management vulnerable to closure? during an extended market decline. Does this not increase the riskiness of small cap value ETFs? Perhaps I'm missing something. Regardless, thank you for your time and any attention you may decide to give my question. Keep up the great work, fellas. You have genuinely improved my financial health and future with your generous work. Thank you. Now, okay, to when you're talking mutual funds with the small mutual funds, then yes, there could be a period of time where you wouldn't be able to get your money because they might not be able to liquidate the portfolio. Right. Different with an exchange traded fund because remember they're exchanging those stocks for other stuff. It's trickier. I'm not sure I have a good it answer. It could to that. happen. It could. Yeah. It can. The lighter the 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 lighter the float, the fewer transactions that happen in securities the more difficult it is for the managers of mutual funds to liquidate those securities in a rapidly declining market. But the fact of the matter is the markets are, are tuned to relatively quickly respond to that illiquidity um, because there are market makers involved. With ETFs, there is a similar process, and, and there was a great description of this in mm -hmm. Robin Wiggles, Wigglesworth's book, trillions where he talked about an etf is like a warehouse and it's got all these stocks it's got all the stocks in there to represent the shares of all the owners when the owners want to sell there are people who have agreed to pick up those stocks or people who have agreed to sell in when they need to create more shares into that warehouse so could that stumble well it's yeah, happened we, we saw it happen exactly we saw it, it happen but it was a stumble yeah, they apparently have fixed this. So, I mean, the market makers have pledged. They had pledged prior to this, too, by the way, stepping in. They did not that day in May of 2010, and share prices went straight down. So the flash crashed. So, uh, and by the, just to go back, because what I'm, I heard something about small cap value. Mm -hmm. You can buy very good small cap value funds that are hundreds of billions of dollars. I mean, that have a lot of money in them. So when you say I'm going to buy a small one, then I start to think, well, that's probably actively managed. There's something cute about it, right? I don't think you need to own that fund. Yeah, here's the difference. And this is what I was going to get to. It's the, this is the difference. If you have a small, as in not a big portfolio, not very many stocks, actively managed portfolio in lightly traded stocks, yeah, your chances of trouble rise. But when you're in an index and by the way, small cap indexes have really big companies in them. Yeah. They're, these companies trade a lot. It's only when you get down into the the 10th decile 
micro caps? The, the micro micro caps mm -hmm. that you really run into trouble. Where you also might run into trouble is if anybody starts offering private equity funds when there is oh, no liquidity. Yeah, it's a good point, by the way. How do you An get your money back? Yeah. Another place where there's very, very problematic potential liquidity is in some of the bond markets, some of the bond markets, and real estate, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where you so, could run into a problem. But Again, I would not I don't worry know about small cap value. No, not as an asset class. I don't know why you need to own a fund that has few securities, doesn't manage much, and it has is just very small. I don't think that's a good idea. Period. I don't see Stick why you with want indexes to. and you'll yeah. be okay. Yeah, you won't always be okay. Let me qualify that. Markets go down. You lose sure. money at times. Yeah, but can your fund go to zero, or will your your index ETF shut down? No, no. I just don't see that happening. Do you? No, I do not. Okay. Although we can't see anything in the future. And you can only see us if you watch our uh, video cast on YouTube, which this will be. Yeah, this one is a video cast. 855-935-TALK. Uh, I want to give you that number. Call that 24-7 or send in your questions at TalkingRealMoney.com. And we would really, truly appreciate it if during this holiday season, this yes. festive time of year. <laughs> I'll take the big goose in the window. That you will go forth and spread the good word of the Talking Real Money podcast to all of your friends and family at this fun-filled, festive financial season. And my reply to that, sir? Yes, sir. Humbug. Bah. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> Scrooge. Um, thanks for being there. Um, and by the way, people like like Aubrey, who is so nice, um, if if you don't mind, if you like us, leave a podcast leave a podcast review at Apple Podcasts because apparently we make some people mad. So we want to overwhelm their lousy little one-star reviews, if you like us. If you don't, we don't want you to lie. That, that would no. be bad. 855-935-TALK, TalkingRealMoney.com. I think I've covered everything. Tom, do you have anything you want to add before we call this I a, do a not. No, and this has really been one of our better efforts, so listen carefully. A lot of great really? gems there. <laughs> I thought I'd say that. that about everyone. I think I do. I'm Don McDonald. Over there is Tom Cock, and we hang out here, no matter what the season, talking real money. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?